Welcome back to the Distracted Driving Podcast. I am Sean Genovese, and in again for Rex Williams is our friend Eric Leonard-James. Hey, everybody. It's great to be back on again. Rex, thanks for taking vacation so I could be here in front of a microphone. It's one of my most favorite places to be. Yeah, because like me, uh, LJ enjoys the sound of his own voice. Yes, it's true. It's true, especially when I use the deep tones like this one. Which, uh, which actually is a, a topic that we're going to explore a little bit further in our conversation. Uh, it's going to be in episode 12 uh, before we get to that. This is episode 11, though, and uh, the conversation, uh, first of all, we, we get to talk to Rick. <laughs> he didn't get to say a lot uh, in the last episode, so you get we to save, find out. We saved the best for last. You get to find out what, what Rick does. And um, uh, actually, we, we talk a little bit in this episode about uh, some things that happened after we graduated, but before everybody got a job. And one of the stories that is not told, I will tell right now, uh, we were all unemployed. Uh, you, you'll make a reference to it, uh, I think, in sure. this episode about the uh, economy was... It was still rebounding from 9-11, basically, yep. when we graduated. So uh, I actually graduated from engineering school and did what every engineer uh, tends to do. I went to uh, Lugano, Switzerland for the summer and was a camp counselor for six to ten-year-old children. Sure, as one does after graduating. As, as one does with an engineering <laughs> degree. Uh, so... You know, that, that delayed my search a little bit because I was distracted, if you will, by uh, my uh, summer plans. Um, so much so that it was the topic of a third of the book that I wrote about my experience uh, overseas with those kids. But then I came back in around September, and like you guys, I was uh, looking for a job. And I think it was March of the following year before I actually got hired. And uh, you and Amanda both remind me in this episode that we were all kind of in the same boat and apparently helping each other. Yeah, no, it was, it's, it was kind of cool. I mean, I knew my story and I knew your story, but I didn't, I didn't know about Amanda and, and didn't really know Rick's story either. So um, it, was, it was just funny that we all kind of followed that, that same path early on. Yeah, I mean, we were, uh, we were the human version of LinkedIn. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Before it was cool. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, this is um, another uh, great conversation with uh, four longtime friends that all happen to be industrial engineers. Uh, it's going to start off with uh, Eric taking over the podcast, so it's appropriate that uh, you know, you're here to do the preamble. I, I just I had some thoughts that, that I wanted to or rather questions that I, I wanted to know a little bit more about, you know. Yeah. And like Brian Brooks tried to change the, the title of, of distracted driving, I think you're trying to change us from uh, from a podcast to something different, which uh, we'll, we'll let the listeners learn about. Nice. Nice little tease. I like that. All right. It's episode 11. Enjoy. I don't want to make the same mistake I made before. Does anybody here have any questions for Eric? Would anybody like to play host? I 
could I add two cents real quick? I, I'd like to say that you're, you're going to ask yourself a question. I'm going to ask myself a question. Eric, how do you feel like being on the pod cart? Well, it's been great so far. Thank you, Eric. <laughs> did you say pod cart? I did. <laughs> I, no more Jameson for you. No, I, I wanted to, I did want to say that, uh, you know, speaking of, of connections and, and people that are willing to, um, testify isn't the real, right word, but people that are willing to kind of back you up or say good things about you. I, I do want to say that when, uh, after I graduated from college, um, I was, uh, I was looking for work for a little bit. We were in a little bit of an economic downturn and so jobs weren't always there. And I do have to say that, uh, our very own Mr. Genevieve's, um, he was, working for that uh, that major airline manufacturer and he put in a good word for me with his supervisor and and uh, had an opportunity to go interview with his supervisor and if I hadn't already committed to my job with York there there's an alternate timeline somewhere where me and Mr. Genovese were working together building airplanes boy that would uh, that would be an interesting alternate timeline um I actually, uh, I did not remember that. I did, did I know that you interviewed? So I, n I never actually interviewed. Uh, or you were offered or, an interview? You, 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 you to your credit, um, kind of created an opportunity for me. But by the time it kind of came to fruition, I had already I signed my, my offer letter. And I'm sure there's going to be a lot of people who say, well, why did that stop you? It's like, well. I was I was young and naive at the time. Yeah. What can you say? Well, let's go back to the part where that was awfully good of me. <laughs> it, it was, you know, kudos, kudos. <laughs> I actually to you, interviewed sir. there too. Tip of the cap and a tip of the Jameson to you. Ah, thank you, sir. You uh, you interviewed with the the large uh, aerospace conglomerate as well as a result of me or independent of me. Um, I think you had told me about it. I don't know. Well, listen, if you don't remember, it's my show. We're going right. to say it was because of me. Because of you. You're so <laughs> generous. You know, that's, uh, I think, worth noting is the um, the power of networking. And, you know, that this was what you just described, Eric, was long before LinkedIn was invented monster obviously was was there and i just checked by the way it still exists it's not that much of a well it might be oh, a relic but it's you know it's a relic that's still out there um write that down no, kids. That, was, that was before linkedin and and so that was like uh you know good old-fashioned um networking but now it's even more profound because you can go on LinkedIn, type in somebody's name or the name of a company and find out who you know there, or who, who you know that knows somebody that's there. Um, but it's still, I find I've, I've, changed, I've changed jobs. We were just talking about this the other night. Uh, I don't have the exact count, but it's, it's gotta be probably eight or nine times. I've only changed companies a couple of times but as I look back, they were all a result of relationships that were built and, and networks that, uh, that I had. And apparently it started, you know, over years ago. So that's great. All right, Rick, I'm going to take you off mute, but you got a lot of background noise, man. 
I still do. We're going to let you play. We're going to let you play. I think it's because you're on the uh, the computer uh, microphone. It's just a lot of ambient hiss. Um, but as long as you're talking, it should be fine. <laughs> Tell us what you do. <laughs> Thank you so much. I know what I know what you do, but nobody else does. Well, the 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 short history of it all is we all graduated from Cal Poly and walked out in front of the dirty building with the green tables and chairs and stood out there and we walked away and I came up to the Bay Area and worked at UPS. So they hired me as an industrial engineer. They paired me up with a, a guy who knew the streets really well and I knew how to run a computer and do IE stuff and we just IE'd all the UPS routes in the whole Bay Area. It was it was crazy. I mean, these guys, they said, all right, so we have to pull them for production. So you're going to work from 10 p.m. till like 6 a.m. So go. I'm like, all right. So we went in these and uh, Oakland, San Ramon, all these different facilities and relayed out the way the drivers drive the routes optimize them always making right hand turns like we had to take a huge map and just lay out if you're going to deliver a package at every house for this entire neighborhood how would you do it so all over was that were, were you part of the uh, was that the management trainee program or were you hired as literally an industrial engineer that was the management trainee program. Yep. Gotcha. Yep. So I got interviewed at IBM. They said no. UPS took me. Thank God. I did two years with them, and they just ran <laughs> me through the ringer, and they were like, you know what? Thank you for your information. Have a nice, nice life. So it was crushing at the moment but looking back i'm so glad i escaped ups in that environment because it it was tough so what do i do yeah where'd you escape to look around i had a friend i this is where it gets good <laughs> I, we're all leaning in I was going to go work at Paved Stone, a brick, so I guess, all right, a, a brick company, laying, like selling bricks. So I got a job with these guys, worked for them for like four months, and Monster probably, I'm guessing, dumping my resume out. A random medical device company calls me up. They're like, hey, we're looking for an engineer, i.e. Cal Poly. Yep, come on in. You're hired. We're at, you know, two years out of college, medical device, going into a highly regulated industry. And um, love it. It's, it's awesome. 
<laughs> I feel like he skipped over a few parts. <laughs> okay, so you you went to work for first of all the the products some of the products that the medical devices that you've worked with I know are fascinating. We we won't it's it's not a medical device podcast. We won't dive into all of those. But um, could could you describe because I know you you kind of recently I think you got a promotion. Um, so same kind of question to you. you. You've answered part of it. All right. We 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 know you started at UPS. Um, you, you didn't stay there. Then you went to medical device. But now you've been in med device for a while and you've kind of found a niche and progressed. So was was that intentional? And if so, why? And and how? What was the key to to being able to be successful there? Well, I mean the the first company I worked for and going in there and and seeing that we can actually save lives was a fantastic feeling. I couldn't every product that I helped the production team build was potentially life saving. So. It was a tough, the, the first, I would say, going to a startup, so you're doing all the different jobs. I was procurement. I did all purchasing. I did all the production planning. I was a, the production line lead supervisor. I mean, janitor, the whole thing. It was fantastic. And, and the boss I had at the time was just brilliant. I mean, I just absorbed information from them. And it's it's about being compliant. That's, I mean, Sean, you know that. You're, you're aerospace, so you know that you got to have your ducks. Re retired, retired aerospace. Can I ask you a little question here, Rick? What, like, can you give us just a feel? You don't necessarily have to give us straight numbers, but could you kind of give us a feel for for what are your tolerances? Because I've, I've got to think that that you've got some pretty stringent tolerances, kind of what you're saying. Can you give us an idea like what that is? Yeah, I mean, on a, a typical part, you'll have CTQs, critical quality checks, that are within plus or minus five thousandths. So 0 .00, 0 0.05, 0 .005, 5 thousandths of an inch. And their machining tolerances, they're general. We do them on uh, plastic injection molded parts. It's across the board on very large components. They'll, they'll be 15 to 25 thou tolerances. And, and if it, if you have something that, God forbid, ever fell out of tolerance and still made it out into consumption, like what what would be the ramifications of that? So, <laughs> in the medical device industry, it's it's really crazy. So we order a thousand parts. They come, we buy them. This machine shop just machined up all these parts to our specs. They come in. They're received. They go to incoming quality inspection. Quality inspection says, all right, from this batch, we're gonna take 52 parts and we're gonna do all of the critical to quality dimensions on all these parts. And 
us as engineers, we have to define those. Like what, where, where are things interfacing? You know, where, where is it critical that, that we meet an exact specification? So our incoming quality team, they have all these, you know, it's like a $3 million lab of equipment to sit there and inspect all this stuff for us. And they go, well, the guy's out by two tenths of one thousandths of an inch. Non-conformance report. You're done. And, and now that's all one thousand from the yeah. lot? The whole lot hung up. Wow. All missed, all non-conforming. So it's all, it's all, do you guys remember the statistics classes we took? Yeah, I mean the parts I haven't blocked out. It's me every day. Sample size. What's the population? <laughs> da, 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 da. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's so. Meanwhile, Eric's out there with a uh, with a tape measure, <laughs> going. Uh, uh, this is about twenty four, maybe twenty five feet. So. No. Okay. Well, no. well, that is not completely <laughs> off the mark. <laughs> well, it's like it's like a thousand CFM. You know. We're good. <laughs> okay. Hold. On. Can I just defend my? Plus, I mean, I realize that I'm not. 10... I realize I'm not trying to keep within tolerances that keep planes from crashing, <laughs> or or keep people from dying from infection, or keeping people from. There's Logan. That, he's actually he goes out on job walks with me. For those of you, for those of you on the yeah, video, yeah, and and to be clear, for those of you not on the video, Logan is shirtless. I think he's wearing pants. It could be underwear. I'm not sure. Um, does he go out on the jobs like that? He well, he does. I mean, he's okay. he's kind of a winner like that. Got it. All right. You're you're seeing anything right now? You need to go. Okay. Ah. All right. Is it bedtime? Is that what's happening? Okay. Good night. I love you. Good, good night, Logan. And at that point, this has totally gone off the rails. I apologize. Yeah, you were you were screwing <laughs> us on the importance of the difference between nine hundred and ninety nine point eight CFM and one thousand. So, so here's where I will defend my industry <laughs> and the work that I do. Um, let's talk about uh, operation rooms and chance of infections when you don't have the proper filtration in place. Uh, we've had this little thing maybe called a COVID that you might've heard about. I don't know if anybody's heard about COVID. COVID I've not. Could, could you elaborate? Um, well, you know, so there was this disease that kind of went through, it was pretty aggressive, <laughs> you know, and, and it, it caused some, uh, some changes in how we operate. Anyway, that's been kind of a big deal in my industry, especially when you talk about filtration and bringing in fresh air. So, so I'm just, I'm not, I'm, I understand that, uh, you know, you guys do some impressive things, but, uh, you know, credit where I, it's I, I don't, I'm a podcast host, but <laughs> Rick apparently does. <laughs> but no, actually I want, I, you know, I, I, I did kind of want to kind of highlight the importance of the things that, that all of us do and have done because they are kind of critical and key and. You know, even if it sounds like it's as fun as what Manders does, I'm sure, I'm sure what she does is critical to like preventing injury and, and comfort and, you know, the ability to, 
drive these vehicles, I'm going to let you talk. Why am I talking for you? I'm sorry. Are you, are you giving it to me? Can I talk for her? Maybe Rick likes the story. I don't think Rick does. Go ahead, Rick. Rick totally got Let's go back to Rick. Let's go back to Rick. So where was I? No. I, so essentially, I stumbled on medical device manufacturing. It was, there was no biomed at Cal Poly. That was not heard of. That was 2000. That did not exist, and and I came into medical device manufacturing, and we made devices that save people's lives. And I've I've worked throughout the whole organization, um, from deploying help. I, I guess I've stayed mainly in the heart care, so deploying the left ventricular lead in a by the pacemaker was the startup that I worked at. We made a, a device that helped deploy the lead into the left side of the heart. And then I went to a company where we did RF ablation. We used they, they what they call generated plasma to remove tissue. Um, they treated spinal issue, spinal problems. And the division I was in was an ENT, so we did tonsils and adenoids. Kids could recover within a couple of days by using this product. The cool thing about that one was, is I worked in Costa Rica. So I flew to Costa Rica about once a month, oh, transferring information down to the engineer yeah. down there. Just. For those of you not watching, Sean is doing air quotes right now, transferring information down. Yeah, Sean. <laughs> Did they ever let you do one of the heart surgeries? I went in and actually watched a Bivy pacemaker put in. Yep. Did you? They took me into the OR and like the, the cath room and we had full on lead these massive lead things on because they're running fluoroscopy and they rolled a guy in and they're like, how you doing, Fred? And he's like, I'm good. You know, I'm cool. And they're like, oh, okay, we're going to just start cutting into you now. And it was, they said, keep your knees bent was the, the trick. Because, you know, well, hey, no, no, no pressure, Fred, but, you, you know, <laughs> You straighten out your, talk, your knees. They talked through him. They talked to him the whole time. It was amazing. They put that is amazing. Hey, so he he's conscious the whole how time. How you doing? I'm doing good. They're like, all right. And at the end, they take control of the pacemaker and they hit a button, and you see it flatline for a moment, and then the pacemaker takes back over and doop doop doop. So they they actually wow. I mean, stood there and watched the guy die for like three seconds. I'm like, all right, <laughs> it worked. Good job. So now what was really um, interesting about the last 30 seconds there is as you're describing the pacemaker, you know, oh, yeah, they, they switch them over and you see it flatline, doop, doop, doop. And on the third doop, the light in Rick's garage went off. 
as if on cue. <laughs> I plan that all out. It's all with the uh, PLC going on in the background. <laughs> He's got the remote in his hand. So. Oh my gosh! Well, been um, in that device for okay. a long time. I, I really enjoy it. We save the company I'm at right now. We save a ton of lives every day, and I've got twelve engineers that report to me, and it is it, it's great. We find we find problems that we that's all we do. I'm like come to me, come to me with your problems. Well, and so I, I think to, to bring it back here uh, for a moment, you know, that there's, if there's a common theme with engineers, I know one of my uh, challenges over the years, even though I've worked in companies that make really impressive products, sometimes it's hard to see the impact of your work. Mm -hmm. And that's probably a topic for a whole nother podcast um, we, we can have a whole conversation about that. But, I mean, I think that's there's an important message there for people that maybe want to go into engineering or that are in it now or maybe they've just graduated and they're trying to figure out, well, what am I going to do? This isn't what I thought it was. I mean, here's four people, and um, we've gone through – I mean, I think people know a little bit about me. We've gone through a little bit of what you three have done. Four people that – if you just told somebody what your title was and where you were working, it probably would sound very innocuous. Um, but as Eric pointed out, uh, you know, it's it's the details. It's the well, yeah. But what about what about that air exchange in the operating room? And I've experienced that. I mean, when I was doing Y two K testing back in nineteen ninety nine. For those of you younger viewers, you can Google year 2000 um i i was going through the hospitals and and into all the different sections and yeah it turns out air exchange is a big deal i i know exactly what you're talking about and i'm pretty sure that sitting in that uh, simulator with amanda almost 20 years ago i saw some technology that now is on the vehicles sitting in my garage um, well before it, it was there, we and uh, and Rick, one of the most exciting, <laughs> yeah, it, I, I remember Rick, you telling me about the, um, I, I can't remember if it was AEDs or the automatic uh, CPR machine, or maybe you've worked on both, but I've seen both of those out in the world. Um, so yeah, it doesn't doesn't really matter I, I mean we're we're engineers we solve problems and we all take different paths and it's it's interesting the paths we've taken but um but now here we are four fun cool cats having a chat on the podcast okay that's where we're going to leave it for episode 11 and from four cool cats to two cool cats yeah. Eric is still here with us to wrap things up. Going from uh, the podcast to the pod cart. To the <laughs> what the hell is a pod cart? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was definitely the Jameson talking. Yeah, well, yeah. 
my lame att- my lame attempt at a joke. <laughs> or, or you or you hadn't done your warm up exercises. Uh, Rex likes to do warm ups before his mom. Actually, uh, I don't think we've we've talked about this on this show. His, his mom was a uh, a vocal coach. I think he said. Oh really? Yeah. So so every now and then you might catch an outtake uh, where he's. Uh, <laughs> You know what? I think one of the episodes, I think we did catch a little little bit of that. <laughs> I, uh, I was struck uh, in this episode by uh, how all in each of you, each of us is with, uh, with what we do and, and what we produce. You know, I, I kind of made that joke about uh, the, the tape measure versus the, the, uh, the tight tolerances that that uh, Rick has, um, which was not intended to be a slight on the importance of, of anybody's uh, roles, but actually yeah, it, turned out to be a great, it turned out to be a great segue into uh, how it's, it's difficult sometimes to, to appreciate the impact when you're kind of behind the scenes the way we all are. Sure, absolutely. I mean, I think, I think we all, we're all in you know, pretty different industries and we all, we all have our own specific roles to do, but, but ultimately all the things we're doing are, are important in different ways. And, and kind of to your point, it's, it, it's fun and, and entertaining to kind of hear about what each of us does and, and how that affects society at large. Well, and I think from a, a personal perspective and a, a personal career perspective, it's important for people that are in roles like we are to, to figure out how you're going to cope with um, how your impact is measured. I'll give an example. I, uh, I helped out a team when I was working for Boeing. Uh, I facilitated like a, a value stream workshop. Um, we, they were looking at uh, replacing their manufacturing execution system. And so we mapped out their process and had great conversations with all the subject matter experts. And when it was all said and done, as I do as a matter of of, uh, practice, I composed a white paper summarizing the event and everything that came out of it. And I sent it off to the, uh, the managers of the area and I just kind of assumed that, you know, they were probably going to look at it and throw it in the trash because some, some of the things we uncovered were not in line with what they believed they needed to go do. Okay. And um, to my surprise, I was walking through the factory uh, like a year later mm. and bumped into somebody that had been in that event. And he stopped me and he says, hey, I've never seen anybody – put a white paper together like that before, you know, what, why'd you do that? And I said, well, that's, that's just how I, I complete an event. He goes, well, they changed course based on the report that you wrote. That's awesome. Nobody ever told me. Yeah. And I would not have known had I not bumped into him. And I, I just assumed that they read it and, uh, and ignored it. But it, it turns out I had an impact. That's great. I mean, you've got to feel good, like, oh, hey, you know, what I'm doing, like, really makes a difference. And people noticed and, and cared. Right. Right. And at the end of the day, you know, I'm, I'm not really a person that, uh, you know, I, I didn't need a, a medal. I didn't need a, a participation trophy or, or anything like that. 
but part of my intrinsic motivation is that that recognition that yes i had impact and influence sure yeah that's that's very cool um well speaking of impact and influence uh this episode has a new jingle thanks to you oh wow <laughs> and you know in full transparency for the listening audience um at the time that we're recording this, I actually have not edited the jingle together, but uh, you will find out in the next episode that uh, Eric James has a, uh, a history in uh, the barbershop quartet realm. And so we asked him to, to put that to use for us. And now we've got a little uh, distracted driving podcast jingle. That, that should be a treat for everyone including me i won't be embarrassed at all <laughs> yeah that's the great thing about this is you you haven't even heard it yet that's right yes surprise i mean you were there yeah <laughs> so I was, I was three or four jamesons in at that point so i was only partially there but i was there all right well uh that's probably enough um for episode 11 i think uh i think rex will be back next time if not We'll call uh, we'll call Eric and and have him jump into the uh, driver's seat again, but uh, until then, uh, thanks again, Mr. Eric Leonard James for thanks for, uh, thanks for having me here and thanks Rex for for taking some time off so I could, you know, again be in front of a microphone. All right, thanks for listening to the Distracted Driving Podcast. We'll see you next time. Thank you. It's the Distracted Driving Podcast, throwing out the status quo. Roll call! Sean! Rags! It's the Distracted Driving Podcast, throwing out the status quo.